Hi there, guys, and welcome once again to the Encore Podcast. I'm Chris McCoy, and she is Gabby. Hey, Gab. Hey, we are on episode number 13. Can you believe that? Wow, lucky 13. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> and they said it wouldn't last. They did. <laughs> well, here it is. By the way, we hope that you guys are enjoying some of these. I know that not all of them are for everybody. By the way, if you have any ideas or maybe things that you'd like us to do, topics you'd like us to cover, you know, send along a message. And how do they do that, Gab? Because I honestly don't know. <laughs> um, so we are on all the social media platforms at the Encore Pod. Um, so you can follow us on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter. And you can follow us on Instagram. Yeah, send us a send us a DM, um, any sort of inbox message. We're happy to take a look. If you have ideas for who you want to hear on the show, definitely send them our way. And make sure that you give all of our social media pages a follow so you can see what we're up to and who the guests on our show are going to be each week and any other updates. We love connecting with you guys. So Chris, I know on the show, we've spoken a lot about our physical health, but I don't think that we have spoken a ton about our mental health. Just a funny, maybe not funny, but recent story about me. I went to the dentist recently and found out that I've been clenching my jaw. You know, when they told me that I realized that there, you know, it might be in my best interest to try to start finding things that relax me a little bit. Um, You know, things like getting a little bit of extra sleep or getting outside in the sun, especially when it's really nice out now, just taking some time off, really shutting my brain off. And I was just wondering if there's things that you do to relax. I like to uh, open up a bottle of wine. Um, (laughs) Seriously, that is one of the things that I do to relax. I love sharing a bottle of wine with Roberta. Aside from that, in all seriousness, yeah, I do have a, I have an app on my phone. I saw ads for it on TV. It's called Calm. Maybe you've seen them too. Hmm. You know, the ones that say do nothing for 30 seconds and they show like a, like a real peaceful rain shower and you go, oh, Mm -hmm. gosh, that (laughs) really does work, doesn't it? So I downloaded the Calm app to my smartphone and every now and then, if I can't turn my brain off at nighttime, I'll do that. I'll hook into Calm and it does kind of work, you know, it does. uh, And they have different things on there. They have people who tell stories in a very, what do they call it? ASMR? Yeah, I think ASMR is more like um, the sound of like, I don't know, waves crashing or like pages turning. It's like a very, it's like almost a nonverbal. Yeah. Very relaxing. Yeah. It's uh, designed to kind of put you to sleep. So anyway, yeah, that's really, that's the only thing that I do outside of an occasional bottle of wine to relax my mind. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think then our next guests that we're going to have on are going to be perfect guests for you, especially if you're enjoying the Calm app already. When we come back from our break, we're going to be talking to two women who started a business based on helping people with their mental health. And I think that everyone's really going to enjoy the interview. So that's coming up next here on the Encore Podcast. Hey, everybody, and welcome back. Today, we have with us two founders of a mental health text-based service, Allison Field and Laura Orland. I think that the service is really great, but I want you guys to hear it directly from the founders themselves. Ladies, welcome. Hi, thanks Thanks. for having us. Thanks for having us on today. Of course. Um, So I thought that the best place to start for our listeners would maybe be for you guys to explain um, what the connective is and any important information you would want someone who's signing up to know. The connective is a text tool. You nailed it in the intro. It's a 
simply stated, something that we created as a way to bridge the gap between the mass amount of content that lives out there around improving your well-being. By creating a text tool, we created a very seamless way to make that information more accessible, bite-sized, and digestible. We like to use the word snackable content um, because that's exactly what it is. It's taking complex ideas, distilling them into you know, a very limited character count by a text, and sharing it with a community who wants to improve their well-being may not always know the means of how to do that or the right resources that exist out there. That's why we created the connective and we did it during a time where people were very isolated. This all started as an idea in 2020. And then we actually rolled it out in June of 2021. The hope was to give people more access, more of a sense of community uh, as well by creating something that we interact with every day, which is, which is a text message. It's a very direct and powerful way to enter people's lives. And the beauty of what we created is that we curate our content. We curate our content. We're not the, necessarily the experts behind every single text, but we find the people and the brands and the companies who do. And we use those partnerships to create a message that can be shared in a very accessible format. And that is what the, that's how the connective lives. By the way, I think this is a wonderful idea. And where are you in the process? So we, we are launched. We launched the general public um, just over a year ago, but an exciting pivot we're making is we're now starting to focus the connective um, on college campuses. So we found in the last few months, we wanted to really start to figure out who we're speaking to, right? As any good entrepreneur knows, you got to know your audience, you know, who are you building this for? And so ultimately we found college students are feeling incredibly lost. They don't even know the resources available to them on campuses. So that's something we were like, oh, hey, we started developing something here that actually could be of great service to them. So that's been sort of the um, the new pivot we've started, um, specifically on CU's campus out here in Boulder, Colorado. Um, Laura's actually a student right now in their grad school program at Leeds School of Business. So we've been boots on the ground on campus, starting to build this out, make sure there's interest from students. And um, we've been really excited about it. It's been um, something we think can start to become even more useful on a, on a campus. And the connective is kind of like a collective too, in a way. That's the first thing I thought of when I saw the name, uh, the connective.com. First of all, I went to the collective, which is a Borg term from uh, Star Trek, which (laughs) I can tell by looking at your faces, you have no idea what I'm talking about. And it's just Not trackies. I can tell you an interesting story about the name, actually. Pre-pandemic, Allison and I wanted to start a pop-up wellness company event event series in New York city. We're both living in New York at the time. We were pretty interested in, in the concept of doing small group gatherings that were created with the, with the idea of helping people come offline and into more in-person events in intimate settings. And we called it living room. Yeah. And we built out this whole series of events. We had a yoga class booked on a barge in the middle of the Hudson. Allison had set up essential oil sampling with friends. Yeah. And we had this whole newsletter and it was curated events, different topics. And we were about to send this newsletter and it was March 10th, 2020. (laughs) And we were on the phone and I was like, we were like, maybe we shouldn't send this. I don't think we can meet up in person right now. I don't know that we're going to, we're going to be doing anything in person. Yeah. So we had this beautiful newsletter. We'd been working on it for like at least a a couple months Mm -hmm. and all these events. And we were like, are we going to shut this down? We'll come back to it when we, when we can get back into like, you know, New York 
as we know it. That didn't happen. Yeah. And we both left New York City and we were no we were nomading around separately. And we met back up in Tucson, Arizona for like a month. We spent the full month living in this house in Tucson, Arizona. And we went on a really long walk one day and we started talking about, you know, this idea that we love. We had this whole concept built out. And we we're like, how can we take the mental health crisis that's happening now as it exists in the le- through the lens of a global pandemic? levels of isolation that, you know, people are reporting that are leading to depression and anxiety. And we have this background in and knowledge in yoga and meditation, but we also have some amazing people within our network who we feel like we could elevate the voice of. So this is, so we were like, "Hmm, what if we had this collection of people who we could connect other individuals too. And, and brands, Allison had works a, a ton brand partnerships and her, her day job, <laughs> this, the connective is still very much a side hustle. So we took the, literally the word collective, a collective of people, collective of brands and the connectivity that we're enabling through a means of a text. And we merged the words together and that's how we got the name connective. Yeah. I mean, I definitely want to highlight the fact that both this is a side hustle as you described it, and you both have full schedules and full lives. We do the podcast here and it's not either one of our full-time jobs, although I guess Chris is retired. So I guess it is closer to being his full-time job. What is that process like of pouring those extra hours and finding these things, you know, to bolster this and sort of, where do you see it going in the future? Do you see it becoming more of a mainstream full gig for you both, or would you like to continue sort of in the style you are now? It's a great question. I think what comes to mind first is just the passion behind it. I think we both feel so motivated and fueled by putting something good out there, right? With so many different things in the world and options, we, we both are incredibly passionate about wellness and she's my best friend. You know, we are incredibly close. We met, gosh, was it 2015? We were working at the Today Show. We both worked on the Today Show Plaza and it was one of those like instant connections, not to be cheesy with it. Yeah. But I was like, this girl's going to be I my best friend. I was training her for a job. I didn't want to leave. I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I don't want love. this girl to come in, but I loved her. I was like, okay, you know, yeah, we couldn't help it. Great. Yeah. We, so it, was, it was great. And you know, from that, that was so much about connection too. We were out there on the Plaza talking to people from all over the country that were coming to visit the show. So I think we, we realized how similar we were and Oddly enough, both of our paths, we had both left NBC and became yoga certified uh, within the same time span too. Um, So we always kind of say we were living these parallel lives, kind of found each other. And this was, this was the next step. It was something where we both felt really passionate to start something up. We had these creative juices flowing and we, we knew we liked partnerships. We knew we wanted to put something in terms of wellness out into the world. Mm -hmm. And so when you ask about the future of it, it continues to grow, right? I think we both have the confidence and we're building something, but we're, we know it will take new shapes and forms as it grows, which is exciting. You know, I think there can be a lot of fear in that, especially from the entrepreneur side of it. But I think it's something where we're ready to just keep kind of seeing what, what makes sense and what does our audience want? I think that's, that's a big thing too, right? We're not just like, Hey, Laura and Allison like this. So, you know, we're not influencers. We're not like, like this because we like it. We're like, Hey, we're doing the research, finding out what you want to know more about. And then we'll go find the right people to tell you about it. Yeah. You asked about, you know, this living very much as, as a side hustle and it has been carrying something without really knowing exactly how it's going to land every second of the way is, is daunting. But when you're really excited about something, you're kind of just, you're going on this momentum. And Allison and I have been working 
jobs. I'm also now in a part-time MBA program here in Boulder, but it's kind of interesting how the work we do by day. And I also, for me, the schooling I do at night, uh, somehow connective in between every breathing second, it's really started to, to mold the changes that have occurred. So I applied to an MBA program here in Boulder during the pandemic. And I knew I wanted to be in this, you know, this really incredible ecosystem of, of startups, which, which Boulder has. That's, that's why I landed on this school. But in doing so, we ended up pivoting our model this year to focus on college campuses. I mean, the, the fact that I landed on a college campus and, and we were having this moment of, hmm, we haven't really nailed down the demographic entirely to find the right voice, find the right way of speaking, of presenting this material and making sure that it's landing soundly with a very targeted population, that was all really in part to me landing on a campus and and thinking about what we were building, you know, how it could segue into what I'm moving through, what I'm seeing. And Allison does, she works for a small fair trade tea company by day and works so heavily in, in the wellness space and has these unbelievable partnerships with companies and brands that we've really gotten some, some good insights from, and we've leveraged some great partnerships. So again, there's like this interesting way of how, what the connective has grown to be by way of what we've pursued and what we've done on the side all along. When the college community, when they graduate and get out into the real world, and not that college is not real. I'm sorry. I don't mean to put it that way, but when they get out and start making a living for themselves and, and families and whatever, you could probably hook back up with them for something about dealing with the anxiety of paying off their student loans. I would imagine that would be something that would be helpful as well. But since you guys are partnering with a lot of mental health experts and, and wellness and things like that, what entity, entity I should say, are you find that your users most connect with these days? And because the world is a, is quite a weird place these days. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And that's something I think in the beginning, we're like, we have so many things we want to touch on. Like what, how will we find out what they want to know? And a lot of what we have been doing is interviewing our users and actually sending out surveys. So doing a lot of that research and, you know, you asked that we, we found the answer is mindfulness straight up. That was like the majority, I think it was almost 70% of the yeah. survey um, answers had said they want to know about mindfulness. So we, we found that out maybe about five months ago and now have been kind of seeing with a new lens, can we make sure the content is geared that way, right? We're still sharing a variety of content from different experts, but that seems to certainly be what, um, what we find out there's the most interest in right now. I know that you guys have mentioned now a couple of times about pivoting to more of a college-based audience. But I was hoping you guys could actually talk a little bit about the recent um, new ventures. What was it, an expo that you guys attended? Yeah, Yeah. the competition. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, CU Boulder has one of the best new venture challenges in the country. That was something I was acutely aware of when I I joined this MBA program. Wasn't sure if I was really going to be able to do it. It It is a very timely yeah. <laughs> experience. It involves a lot of, not just investment of time, but, but also it's, it's a, it's a lot of work. And yeah. I had, um, I'd left my full-time job earlier in the year to focus more on school connective and a couple other smaller ventures here in, in Boulder. And the day the application for this new venture challenge was due was the day that I had officially left my, my full-time job. And we were having dinner outside with some neighbors. And one of my neighbors said, 
oh, you should absolutely apply. It's an incredible opportunity. And you'll really get to know a lot of the entrepreneurial community here in Boulder. So we run back to my apartment, literally, <laughs> to these seats, yeah. to literally where we're sitting right now. And I'm like, we got to put, we got to put this application. There's no better time. I just left my job. I have all this time. You know, yeah. you're here now in Boulder. 10 30 PM. Do it midnight. She just moved to Boulder with her fiance. And I was like, we're going to do this. So we submit the application before midnight. Somehow we had no idea what we were getting ourselves into, but what came after that was several months of some of the best motivating factors that we could have walked into for, for where we were with the connective at that, at that moment, we knew we needed to pivot looking at, you know, some of our data and the engagement rate. We were like, we need to hone in on a demographic one, two, we felt like we had all these ideas and we, we had all a lot of things that we wanted to execute, we were having a hard time finding the time and I guess maybe some level of accountability to really get it done. Mm -hmm. So we entered this challenge. We had to put together a full-on business plan, executive summary, a pitch deck. We had to record ourselves on video, (laughs) pitching our concept. And this was really the first time when we said the connected preventative mental health tool for college students. So this was really our big segue into the college demographic and how were we going to go to market? So this is what our whole entire business model started to revolve around. Mind you, Allison mentioned earlier, we had been open as a text tool to the general public and people can still text in anybody, but the idea of pivoting to the college market really came through at a time when this challenge coincided. So we spent, you know, from February till end of April going through the motions and we made it all the way as a finalist in the female founder sub competition. We presented like on stage to a panel of judges. We got live feedback every few weeks from things we had to submit online beyond the fact that we didn't get first place. We did win some prize money, which was awesome. And it's funding our marketing collateral (laughs) and efforts, you know, on a more local, more local presence here in Boulder. But it wasn't about the money. It never, it, it wasn't about winning necessarily that first prize. It was more about putting a fire under our feet to mm-hmm. get, to get answers, do, the, do the research, you know, conduct the interviews and, and network. What we found was that we were pushed to interview college students all over the country. I mean, I spoke with students from Penn to Boulder, to Dartmouth, to Brown, to UNC. I was talking to college kids all over, just trying to get a, a really good sense of where does the mental health crisis truly sit? Because, you know, in readings, in the past couple of years, there's been a lot of, there's been a lot of clinical studies and which we've been reading and everything is indicated that students report they're more depressed. They're more anxious than ever. Moreover, they don't know what, what resources exist on their campus. Naturally, I think some campuses do it better than others, but the large majority said that they are so really under supported by college campuses. And beyond that, I think that universities are seeing such high numbers of of a need from students, you know, whether it's a CAPS program or peer-to-peer counseling, there is a, such an influx that they, they don't even know how to handle the volume. So our tool being more of a preventative mental health tool felt incredibly timely because, you know, the connective isn't the red help button you're pushing when you're like, I need to speak to somebody. It's more of, it's more of this ongoing relationship. It's a best friend in your pocket who texts you as a reminder of, you know, how to take care of yourself, how to think about, you know, the way that you're, you're moving, creating space in your life to take a walk, talk to a friend, um, invest in yourself, be a little bit more mindful about the activities you're doing as far as, you know, going through the day to day as, as a college student with, 
with the pressures that exist. So this competition was very much an opportunity for us to dig into all of those questions, learn more about it, reflect on our own past experience, and then build out a really sound model for what this could look like that would be truly helpful to the college students. So the competition was awesome. We met incredible people, some very impressive entrepreneurs from all over the world, actually. It was Shark Tank. I mean, to put it simple for me, I'm like, it was, and this it was a funny side note. We go into the semifinals of the greater competition and oh, yeah. we have three judges sitting there and I go, Laura, I'm, I'm going to say it. She's like, okay, just, and I was like, hey, sharks. And so we walk up, you know, I don't know if you guys are Shark Tank fans. And then as we leave, I was like, thank you, sharks. And so it was just like, and they were kind of like, <laughs> like, I do, I do believe that got us to like this, the final round because- <laughs> We, we broke the monotony so hard in that moment. I was like, nice job. They had a good, they had a good poker face and it it was a great lesson too, is we walked out of that. Like, you know what? I don't know how much they really liked it. You know, I think we have a lot of things to fine tune and hone in on. And then we got written feedback in an email and, and it was incredible reviews. And one, one judge was like, this was the best performance I saw all day. And it's like, there you go. You know, sometimes you just, you quickly can assume one thing or the other, but it's like, it gave us some confidence. You know, we have a good thing here. We're continue, continuing to to build. And it's just the two of you that do this, right? Yeah. And, and, the, and the partners, you know, the, the people we do bring in to work with us. But, um, you know, when it comes to the weekly meetings, the drafting it out, the sourcing, it's, um, it's the two of us right now. Yeah. What's been really special about the connective is, you know, again, back to this concept of us as a curator, a lot of the content that we push out is really a formation of our conversations with really well-vetted individuals and companies who are either speaking out about, you know, something, something new in the health and wellness space, who are creating something of value. And our job is to take their message or take, take what they, what they've created, a product or service, and distill it down to something that's really digestible to the person who may not know anything about it could be anything from nutrition, nutrition, to sleep health, to gut health, to yoga, meditation. How do we create what they've done, put it into a framework that makes, that makes complete sense from the most human level. How do I adopt something like this into my life? Or how do I, how do I just practice it even once it could be something that we share with them from the lens of I'm open to trying this because it's been put into terms that makes it feel really accessible for me. It's not daunting because I think people who have joined our community, some of them they've never maybe never practiced meditation or they've never hit a yoga mat. And we try to dilute it down to the point where it's like, this is why it's really good for you. Here's, here's the science behind it. That's another big thing is we're not psychologists. We we're not PhDs, but we, we find the people who, who do know that information, who we trust implicitly to, to feature and highlight. And we just kind of, our work is to massage the language into a way that makes people feel like they can engage with it. And how, how do you find these people, these entities? Gosh, I'll let you take it. No, it's Allison is like a wizard. <laughs> the people <laughs> and the brands we have we have partnered with, I give Allison a ton of credit. I, uh, I mean, too. It's, I do too. Yeah, I oh, you absolutely <laughs> but, do. Yeah, but you're a wizard. She's with passing it. it all my way. But I think it's a lot of it is the network we've built over the past few years, working you know back in the day in New York, and then also now being in the wellness field. So you know, it's it's nurturing the network as you you've heard it before. Yeah. But it's a lot from that. And now the more we grow it, people, oh, have you thought of this or have you talked to this person? Has been great. Yes. And then some of it is just the down and dirty research. You know, we're reaching out sometimes the cold email and cold uh, 
email, Instagram. Yep. The amount of times I have slid into someone's DMs. Oh yeah. Is... Laura found a great, we worked with this wonderful mindful eating expert and Laura had seen her in a Netflix documentary and Laura's like, I'm going to reach out to her, you know, little things like that in your daily life that she saw. And then yeah. she got back to us. We she... had a wonderful, wonderful zoom with her. She provided the content videos for us to share just you never know, right? There's people who are, are so willing and open to help. And one of our first partners was a woman named Stephanie Harris, who has this wonderful Instagram and this company called The New Happy. And we both loved her. We just, we someone we'd seen on Instagram before reached out. And she's like, I remember being in your shoes when I was starting a company. And I absolutely, she just, she showed up for us and Huge. also mentored us in a way, you know, yeah. just to hear from someone like that and just the openness and readiness to, to help not only us, but our audience, you know, it, it, that's been inspiring yeah. to say the least. So during the pandemic, what I, something I found really interesting and it's not so rare, right? Like during the 08 recession, some of the biggest tech companies came out. So people had this boom of innovative ideas and creativity and they, they put them, they put pen to paper. My yoga teacher, my favorite yoga teacher mm-hmm. from New York city, she started an online yoga community with her now husband and uh, it's called house of flow. And I contacted her, her content's amazing. Her, yeah. What they're building is amazing. And we were doing this simultaneously. Alice and I were building the connective. She's building this yoga program. We started to kind of cross collaborate and partner and she spotlight us and we spotlight them. And, and it was a lot, there, there were moments where we were like, wow, we're finding people who are also creating really amazing things in the health and wellness space. And it really, in ways, our partnerships came, I, I want to say a little more easier than I, a little bit more easily than I anticipated um, yeah. because of that. But some have been very challenging. Some, some ones were like, I think our first, our, the first partnership we ever tried to make was with Lori Santos, the woman who literally runs like one of the most popular classes at Yale on happiness. She wrote me back in an email and I was like, oh my God, I can't even believe that she responded. This is wild. <laughs> Did you frame it? Did you frame the email? I should hand to the wall. (laughs) I, I mean, we had, we took her class, the science of well-being during the pandemic. I'm like, this woman would be the most amazing, the most amazing catch. She declined. She was working on, it's a no for now. She said, that's always how we approach it. You know, it's like, you know what? It doesn't mean it's not a yes next year. So, (laughs) so, you know, to your question, I think sometimes finding partners is challenging. Sometimes it's come easily, but if there's one thing about what I've learned, it's that people are more receptive when you come up, when you come to them with an idea that you're really passionate about. I think anything that we have presented to somebody that we're inquiring to partner with sees our passion come through in, uh, in a zoom call, <laughs> phone call, an email, and, and they've responded. And, and I, I really think the world of that. I have a question about usage you, uh, for uh, HelloConnective.com. I have it up on my smartphone. A couple here. One of them is Aura. And the other one that caught my attention was Sleep Better NYC, Sleep Better in New York City, I'm assuming that is. And what is the difference between sleeping better in New York and uh, elsewhere <laughs> in the world? I love oh, it. I'll take this one. There's significantly <laughs> less horns. Yeah, you're, you're like, <laughs> <in the> country. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't know. I used to live on the Lower East Side and I don't think I slept for two years. So Uh, if any any city is going to know about uh, sleep deprivation, it's probably New York. So we vetted the best. And I I truly remember after being in New York for like a solid six months when I first moved there, going back to my family in Southern California 
And just the silence was like crippling at night. Yeah. I was just like, oh, I can't sleep. My mind was like making sounds. I'm like, okay, this isn't good. You know, that's something I got to figure out. So. Ambulance <laughs> sirens and horns honking. You need all of that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like one of those sound machines instead of crickets. It's like New York sounds. I'm sure they have that actually. <laughs> now saying that out loud. <laughs> sleep health is actually one of my favorite themes. So mm-hmm. I don't know if, if we spelled this out earlier, but when we, when we first launched the connective, we decided one theme every month, we break it down. We've deviated from that a little bit, but even to this day, we, we try to stay on a certain theme by the month, just so that we can dig, we can dig a little bit deeper mm-hmm. into something. Last month was gut health. I don't know. Yeah. That was interesting. You know, a lot of people were really engaging with that content. It's gut like and mood. Something you hear all the time, right? I'm sure we all see that article headlines, but it's like, can we really dive into this and make yeah. it bite-sized and just start to bring um, information that's more accessible? Right. And by doing, you know, these month-long stents of content, it gave us more breathing room to bring in a speaker who, who can deliver, I will literally edit these videos, something mm-hmm. under 90 seconds, very short and sweet, three take two to three takeaways from a video around how you can, you know, last week, the last one was improve your, improve your gut health for sleep. It was how to improve your sleep hygiene. Um, or maybe it was, no, we did another one. It was focused on sleep routine. Mm -hmm. So that could be one week. Another week is typically something we offer from the brand or from this expert. Uh, we partnered with seed health last mm-hmm. month and they were really gracious. They gave us really interesting science-backed material and we gave out a nice text. And then we also offered a promo code. So anybody who is signed up with the connective could purchase seed, use our promo code, you know, really start to reap the rewards of what we were, what kind of content we were sharing throughout the month. That's this concept behind doing a whole month long theme. What's the future for the two of you with this endeavor. I I mean, I hate to be trite, but where do you see yourselves in five years? I hate to be trite, but there I go. I'm being, (laughs) I I think if there's anything I've learned, I have no idea where we'll be in five years. I have projections. When you're starting something, you have no idea the types of twists and turns and pivots that you end up making either by way of what you rub up against. And you're just like, this just isn't working or what you find from the people who are using it. I mean, I think Allison said it so perfectly earlier, we create content that people want, not, not what we think is going to land. So our conversations with our users, our members, and the the partners that we work with often drive how we have morphed what the connective is. And I, I think right now it's, it's really fair to say, we, you know, we just came out of this competition in April. We spent months really fine tuning how this could live in a more localized way by targeting college campuses. And when we built the connective, we really wanted to also build community with it. That's really hard to do as a tech service with people scattered all over the country. We have members from, you know, New York to California, Colorado, North Carolina. I mean, they're all over. And we tried to do a couple uh, Zoom webinars with some experts we would feature during the month. We just found like if, if we really want to build community, we need to get more localized. Landing on a, on more of a college targeted connective concept is going to enable us to do that. We have launched at CU. Allison and I spent our prize money on a thousand 
<laughs> postcards. We will walk around campus and we hand them out. We talk to students. We ask them questions. We learn about what they like, what they don't like, what are local stores, shops, restaurants, studios that they're interested in. And we're, we're going out and we're finding ways to bridge the connection. And our future in my mind is to really drive that forward. I want this to serve a group of individuals who actually truly need something like this in their life. I think, Chris, you mentioned something earlier about graduating, stepping into the real world and feeling like you're kind of floating in the abyss. You don't really know when you're going to touch down, what you're going to do, whether it's student loans or figuring out your career or, or making, making new friends in a new city. You know, Alice and I can both attest to this. When we when we first even thought about moving this into into the college market, we both graduated and we did not feel well prepared to like take on what the real world was throwing at us. I mean, I, I moved to New York right away and I was floundering for a solid year, but I also had nothing under my tool belt as far as ways to just take care of myself. I was focused on, I have to, you know, perform really well in this job and I need to figure out a new friend group. But had I had any sense of some of the more holistic measures I could have taken for myself, I probably would have approached a lot of those, a lot of those life challenges a little bit differently. And it probably would have served me a lot better. It wasn't until I was 23 that I started practicing yoga and I was like, whoa, I have discovered a baseline <laughs> of, I don't know, approaching life that I hadn't ever had. And, and I think if, if there was something in college that I was taught or some sort of practice or tool, I, I maybe would have been a little bit more well-off. And that's, that's what we want to bring. So whether it's through small community gatherings on campus that we orchestrate and through our texts and eventually we want this to live as an app. We should mention, we want students to be able to access all of the information that we provide in the text, but when they want it, right? So it has to live in some sort of entity. I think app would be ideal. And, and expanding campuses. Yeah. I think when you, you ask five years from now, it's like, you know, what if the connective was present on almost every major university in the country? So that's something, reach for the stars, you know, start yeah. local, and then we can start to grow it out to something um, even bigger. What happens when a uh, few years down the road, Elon Musk or someone of his ilk comes to you with a multi-billion dollar offer. It, uh, there it is on the table. You're both very dynamic spokespeople and you're very passionate about what you're doing. Do you take the money and run or do you continue on? Ooh. <laughs> we That's sell out. No, we sell out completely for, for the money. Obviously. No, no. And it's funny, you know, you use him specifically there, but it's, it's going to be a no for us. Yeah. <laughs> and for that reason, I'll, I'll do a shark thing. So I'll go. And for that reason, we're out. We're out. No. Um, it's, and it's a great question. You know, the integrity behind it. And I think a lot of companies truly are finding that 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 can be tough to hold up to. And, and when you think of even just like the Instagram realm of influencers and who is qualified and who's actually getting paid this to say this and that. And I think that's at its essence, too, is something we're trying to mm-hmm. stay true to and authentic is making sure that what we are sharing isn't because Nike paid us $50,000, right? It's, it's finding these partnerships that tr- voices we really do want to elevate and, yeah. and staying true to that. Yeah. We got this question a lot. I mean, <laughs> Elon Musk, yeah, he, a billion called, dollars yeah. is, is <laughs> beyond any scenario we've been given, but during our competition, a lot of the judges were asking, are you capitalizing on the mental health of college students? Mm-hmm. And that's a fair question, right? Because we, we obviously have a business model at play here in, in order to, to sustain what we're doing. But I think, you know, for Alice and I, this is coming from a very 
authentic place as far as, you know, this started at, this started in the throes of something globally, people were up against an all-time high in their mental health. And we, it, it was very altruistic for us. I mean, I would, I'm going to call it a passion project. We were like, well, this mm-hmm. would be so great. What if you just got a text and it felt like a friend in your pocket telling you how to take care of yourself, especially right now that doesn't change. So the fact that we're entering the college market is even more sensitive. I mean, these, like these are, those are your most formative years for us. It's about, it's at this point, it's really about finding well-vetted partners who are value aligned. So we're never going to partner with somebody who's just like, we're going to give you X amount of money so that we can get great exposure in the college market. For us, it's like, what, what do you really have to offer? That's of value. Once, you know, we, we push that out to the to our community, our college community. And it really is showing value. We, we see these conversion rates of people are actually, you know, trying out this app or they are, you know, converting to a, a customer for this app that we've introduced them to. Then we're going to ride that partnership out much longer because if it's doing really well, it's, it's going to do well, you know, at scale. So, you know, I think in the long term too, we want to find bigger, fewer, well-vetted partners who we can, you know, really see right by our side, but new things are coming up all the time. And we're always learning in in the wellness field. There's always new things coming out and we're so inherently interested in that space. I think that, you know, Alice and I will always have some peaked interest in, in following and pursuing the right people and brands to, to bring to the forefront. Since starting this venture and you can really answer this question, however you want, what would you say is like the biggest thing that you've learned? Um, that can be about business, that can be about the wellness space itself, be maybe about yourselves, um, however you want to answer it. Oh, I, I, ooh, I know it's like, there's so many things so I feel like things. we could say, but to, to turn it, I guess, just to, to being co-founders together, I think knowing and just seeing how we operate together is awesome because I think you go in with the hope and the confidence, like we'll work well together. But I think we have such a clear dialogue. It's like, Hey, you know what? Um, that's not working for me or this. And we're, we're very good at staying true to each other. Just before we jumped on this, we were talking about how we're both terrible liars. And I think that, that comes <laughs> into play when our friendship and then also just being co-founders together. Cause you know, you hear a lot about that. Sometimes the co-founders, that's what can make something fall apart or, you know, that's how something can take a turn for, you know, sometimes the worst. And I think this has given me the true confidence that Laura and I together and what we can create is excellent. I think, Mm -hmm. you know, and if, if not this in its current form, how does it grow? And I think if there's anything to source from everything we're doing, it's, it's truly the confidence in, in you, not to, not to get all of my, oh my God, that's so true. My first thought was similarly to Allison, this, this like very, very sincere drive you need to have as Mm -hmm. a founder of something. I mean, we listen to tons of podcasts. We know all the time, like passion, passion has got to keep you moving. We've got that. And I think we lean on each other a lot, especially when you can hit a point where you're like, oh, should I keep, should we keep going here? Mm -hmm. This is just, this, this feels really hard. Are we even getting momentum? Are we moving? And, and that's where it's great to have, have a co-founder who feels, you know, just as passionate about what you're doing. But I I think another big learning for me has been, you know, what you are creating is true to who you are when you can look back and see that everything you've done behind you is summing up to what you're doing now. Mm -hmm. So when I think about our past, like the fact that I met 
I met Allison working on the plaza of the Today Show. Our job was to tell the stories of people who came to visit the show every day. There was this inherent ability to craft a story and listen, listen to people's stories and have, you know, the wherewithal to make them feel part of a community that was the Today Show. Then Allison and I split off. We became yoga instructors and she does marketing and sales for a a small fair trade tea company in the wellness space. I did PR and marketing. I'm still doing PR and marketing on the side now. And I'm in school and it's like, oh my gosh, the connective is this unbelievable hybrid of like, not even hybrid. It's multiple things. It's, it's storytelling. It's making, making people feel like there's a space that catering to them, that's looking out for them. Um, that's altruistic by nature. And, and you know, what we're doing is also it's we're a connector. We're, we're, we are kind of this vessel to push out really valuable information that could improve the way somebody lives their life. And, and you know, that's something of value, right? That's a little bit of marketing and PR at play. And mm-hmm. then our wellness background. It's unbelievable. I literally look in the rear view and I'm like, yep, it all checks out. <laughs> I hear a podcast here. I don't know about you, yeah. Gabby. Do you hear do you hear the same podcast I'm hearing? I do. What's it called? <laughs> yeah. It's called the connective for crying out loud. Yeah. <laughs> this was fun. This you was very you guys fun. have to teach us how to do it then. Yeah. We need a, we need a cool mic. You're doing it right. <laughs> you just got to yell, cut that, cut that, cut that multiple times during the episode and then you're good to go. You know, <laughs> take it out. <laughs> Let me just say that I really love the description that you guys have given of the connective of a friend in your pocket. I've been very fortunate to kind of watch you guys from your very beginning stages and follow along with the text messages as you, as you guys have grown and really developed yourselves and this whole venture. For our listeners, like I would absolutely implore that you guys check it out. Did you guys want to share places that they can find you, ways they can subscribe? Absolutely. So, you know, if, if you are interested, as Laura mentioned, it's like, yes, we're, we're going to college campuses, but we are still open to the public and we're sending out uh, a text once a week. So if that's something you're interested in, we actually have um, a little something special for your listeners. So um, mm-hmm. our phone number to text in is 720-6798. 609 and um just text us encore and we'll we'll get you all set up and you can start subscribing and it's free i think that's something we did not mention it is free to users um on campuses and to the public so if you text in you'll start receiving content from us and hopefully help you feel a little happier awesome laura thank you guys so much um this is really wonderful thank you this was so much fun yeah thank you guys so much yeah do that podcast you guys have such a great presence (laughs) between and a passion between the two of you you do and uh, i mean i could while, while you were talking i was getting jealous i'm thinking geez I, you know <laughs> i wish our podcast was as good as this <laughs> oh it my is. gosh we listen and you guys are that good so it's incredibly flattering for you to say that to us <laughs> all right nice to meet both of you good luck nice to meet you Yeah, I got to say those, I'm really impressed with the two of them. They are just absolutely amazing. The energy they bring and the passion that they bring to their endeavor is just, it sold me. They're so bright. I I think they definitely have something going on there. And I do believe that someone is going to find a lot of value in what they do. What do you think? I agree. You know, it's funny because anytime that I talk to Laura and Allison, I feel so much calmer, which I love. 
the positive energy that you were talking about, you know, is almost infectious. So I love that they decided to pursue an opportunity that allows them to sort of help people with their mental health and, you know, the way that they've specifically tailored it to an audience um, to make sure that they can give people what they really need. And they just sound so knowledgeable. I I only think good things are going to happen for them. And I'm really excited to see them grow. And I'm really glad that we got that opportunity to talk to them. And I'll tell you what, if Elon Musk doesn't buy Twitter, which I hope he doesn't, (laughs) (laughs) maybe he can put that money to better use (laughs) and uh, put it with those two. They, They are just an amazing uh, couple of women who are really on, I think, a fast track to big time success. And, you know, actually, you said talking to them made you calm. Talking to them got me energized. Mm -hmm. I just feel like I like I want to go out and I want to go out and cut my neighbor's lawn. Yeah, yeah, I agree. (laughs) So anyway, obviously, we enjoyed that. We hope you guys enjoyed uh, listening to it as well. And uh, we'll be back next week with another episode and we'll scrounge around and see if we can find something interesting to bring to you guys. Thank you so much for listening to the Encore podcast. Bye, everybody.